It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, November 6th, LA Galaxy, deep into offseason now. Uh, just starting to stretch their legs as the MLS Cup playoffs get played all around them, so that's been fun if you got to watch any of the playoff stuff. We'll have some thoughts on the playoff format. Certainly, uh, LA Galaxy say goodbye to Chicharito, which all of you know, but we're going to get caught up on all that as well. We're going to talk about Ricky Pooj. We're going to talk about Greg Vanny. Uh, and of course, maybe uh, maybe some some ballots and some other things we can certainly talk about here now that we are uh, firmly planted in the offseason. To do all that, we're glad to have him back. And by the way, I think it's been about a month since the last time we did one of these shows. Please welcome back to the show, Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter. Kev, how you doing, bud? Hey, and the graphic at the start, it said season 15. Is yeah. That, are we going into season 15 or coming out of season 15? So this is, is com- like- this is coming out of season. It's coming oh. out of se- I don't change seasons until the until the calendar changes because that's easy for me, right? Because when when do we start the 2024 season, right? Technically speaking, now, but I don't right. want, I don't it's not, we can't say we're season 16 because realistically the podcast didn't start until, you know, the other side of the calendar whenever we first started. So right now well, we're in 15. Like- it's like daylight savings time. It's like really confusing. Depending, can, can we on, not? Let's you know the secret. Can inside. we? Can we not talk about that? Because uh, all I've been doing today is staring at the clock, going, "What time is it?" And then remembering when I lived in Arizona and we didn't change the clocks and uh, nothing happened and it was wonderful. Um, so once yeah, again, dark, my my dark outside. Yeah, my yearly plea here, Kevin, is stop changing the clocks. Just leave them alone. Nothing happens. You won't change a single dang thing. If you want to adjust start times on your own, feel free to do that. But stop messing with my circadian rhythm. Anyway. That's well, all. yeah, I mean, it's really hard. We have a dog and it's really hard with a dog because they don't know time. <laughs> they, you know, it goes by the sunrise and sunset. K- kids and don't either. it's like dark and he wants his food and his night walk. And it's like, it's, it's only four o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's messy. Kids are the same way, by the way, I would like to point out. Can't tell time. Doesn't know. Uh, my son thinks anything that's over two minutes, whenever he goes, how long is it going to take us to get there? And if it's over two minutes, he will complain saying it is too long. If it's two minutes, he's like, okay, I'm fine. So we just, every time he asks how far away something is, we just tell him two minutes, which is totally going to mess him up for a very long time. We drove for two hours and he goes, how long? We're like two minutes. He's like, okay. And then he sat there. He's like, how long? We're like two more minutes. He's like, okay. And then he kept chat. Oh, guys, I feels like it's been longer than two minutes. Nope, just two minutes. So, yeah, that was wow. That was, yeah, good times, wow. right? Yeah, I know. Messing messing up children. I, that's what that's what parents yeah. do, right? Family protective services are on their way <laughs> to your house right now. Somebody, uh, Philip in the in the chat room would like to remind you the LA Galaxy is still 13th right now. Until we flip the calendar, they're still in 13th place. Ooh, Stayed in yeah. 13th place. So season 15, 13th place. Man, I like it. It's a it's a good time. So how how have you been, sir? I've been working. Uh, I went to Seattle with Angel City. Do you know that it's been since 2011 that a team from Los Angeles has won a playoff, a soccer team from Los Angeles has won a playoff game in Seattle? Wouldn't surprise me because that's a that's a tough place to go. And uh, I, I remember back in the glory days of uh, of the LA Galaxy under Bruce Arena and everybody going up there and playing some some pretty exciting games. But even when you do that, the famous Juninho game, if I remember correctly, where Juninho scored and put the LA Galaxy through, was a tie game, not a uh, not a win. No, I stand corrected. Twenty ten. I'm looking at it now. In in 2012, they advanced. They swept Seattle. Um, 
on aggregate, but they lost the game in Seattle in 2014. They split the, and then they lost in Seattle. Okay. Um, they lost the get. We're talking about the Galaxy now. They lost the 2009 MLS Cup final there. I was at which that was game. At a neutral site. Yeah. I, I was at that game. Yep. Sitting about one row off the field, over in the corner. Absolutely. Was there for the and entire so, thing. The last time the Galaxy went there, I think, was 2015. And then 2019, LAFC was eliminated in Seattle and now Angel City. So Lumen Field is a house of horrors for LA soccer teams. It sounds like it. Sounds like. How's your Halloween, by the way? I mean, I, we haven't had a show since Halloween, so might as well talk about that as well. We bought about 250, 300 pieces of candy and had 50 kids come by. So, <laughs> so, so you're still have plenty of candy. Stop by <laughs> Kevin's right plenty now. Plenty <laughs> of candy. Yeah, uh, come on by. We were telling kids take take a handful, <laughs> take as much as you want. <laughs> but so I always know it's getting later in the night whenever my mom starts going to that one. We always go over to my mom's place, which has, is a is a hub and a hive for uh, for for kids all over the place. It was uh, it was busy as usual. Um, I think my mom gave out like 200, 300, 400 pieces of candy, something like that. So so we figured we had 200, 250 kids come uh, overall, but there were thousands of kids out and around uh, my my parents' place, which is only about seven minutes from here. So hopefully everybody had a good time. I, I will say we made a mistake this year, Kevin, and it was a big mistake. Uh, my son wanted to collect candy and he did it and he was with my nephew and my niece as well. But my nephew and my niece kind of timed out a little early on it. And so... My my son usually likes to go pretty hard at Halloween. He goes, for, he just wants to go house after house after house. He likes collecting candy. He likes getting it's a big thing. Well, whenever they quit, he was sort of like, well, I don't want to be left out, so I want to quit too. So we only walked home with like maybe twelve or fifteen pieces of candy. I mean, it's hardly worth the effort, right? Exactly. I'm like, we should have taken some from my mom whenever we were there, and I forgot that part too. So really, I've had like three pieces of Halloween candy that I've stolen from him, and that's about it. That's 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 underwhelming as far as I'm. I can't trick or treat anymore. That's why you have kids to steal their candy. I I don't understand. I missed out this year. I didn't get a lot of candy. So, come on over. I got a lot. That's good. That's good. Um. We're obviously, MLS Cup playoffs are, are going on right now, and we sort of talked about that a little bit. Now, I have a chart, and I'll bring it up, but it's already out of date because uh, up to my knowledge right now, Houston and RSL are now tied um, in the... What minute do you have? Well, they're waiting for extra time now. Extra. So, oh, so they're going straight to PKs, though, right? So it just yeah, goes... Yeah. So they are in penalty kicks now, uh, Houston and RSL. Uh, Kevin, you wanted to talk about this format, though. Uh, we well, Before yeah. we get past the penalty kicks, it's interesting. Someone pointed out the other day, Penalty kicks are usually to, de- you know, you go to extra time and then penalty kicks decides who advances, right? Like in the World right. Cup or wherever. Right. This is the only playoff format, I think, maybe in the world where penalty kicks does not decide who goes on. It decides who gets eliminated in the case of the Houston um, Real Salt Lake game, right? If Real Salt Lake loses penalty kicks, they're eliminated. Right. What, which is but, what happened to uh, New York Red Bulls, right? Whenever they were playing right. against Cincinnati in that second game. But if right? Cincinnati had lost mm-hmm. and the Red Bulls have won, all it means is that there's another game. Right. So it, only one team can be eliminated in penalty kicks in, in this format. And this is the stupidest format. It's so stupid I forgot that they used to have this before 2002. Um, they used to have a best of three back at the beginning days of MLS, which we try to forget because remember that's when they had the penalty kick decider that started like at midfield and right. and there were no draws and they wanted to make it a fully American sport and it really wasn't embraced. Um, it seems like they're going back to that. Um, the, the best of three format, I simply don't understand why we need the third game. And here's my argument. If you want to have a home game for every team, which I think is a great idea right. because – you know, a team that finished as seventh or eighth, their fans, their supporters have been with that team all year. The team made it. They deserve a chance to play before their fans at home. I agree with that. But just have a home and home like we used to. You know, a two-leg thing decided on aggregate goals. Instead, we have three legs. I don't understand the reason for the third game. Um, and I don't understand the reason for the aggregate goals. As someone was pointing out, um, if you have the first game, say you went seven to nothing, mm-hmm. right? And the second game, you lose one to nothing on a own goal in stoppage time clearly one team is better than the other team but you're going to a third game um why you know you can you can settle everything in two games based on aggregate goals in the series that we've seen so far cincinnati advanced in two games they don't they didn't need the third game lafc the same uh, sporting kansas city they also won by six two aggregate goals only seattle dallas so far and now maybe houston and real salt lake yeah but so far only seattle dallas has needed a third game, and Seattle would have won that series on away goals under the old format. I just don't understand the third game. And another thing about it is because, again, MLS cannot schedule around the international break, um, 
and the way this format is set up, LAFC having eliminated Vancouver in two games, they will go, and then coming into the international break, they will go three weeks without a game after averaging a game every 4.8 days during the regular season. It just doesn't make any sense. Right, right. I I will say this, and I don't know that it's necessarily to this format, but there has been there has been some some drama involved with the second game, and you have been able to sort of watch that, right? And so, but to your point is, you would get that if you had you know the home and home as well uh, for the exactly. most part. So so, but it has been. I think better than I anticipated, but at the same time, you're, you're, I think you're right. The format is still there and, and doing it. I've been enjoying watching the playoffs, right? I enjoy watching the games. I think the games have been, um, have been interesting. Uh, a lot of them have been, uh, contested and especially the second games definitely have been contested. And it is interesting, Kevin, whenever you give the top seed, the first home game instead of it. If usually if it's home and home, they go and play away first and then come back. Right. So it is interesting to see that because you're seeing these home teams that are the higher seeds getting out and winning, right. And being above and, and starting to set the tone sort of for what that could be for the second game and then going on the road and winning or doing enough basically to get an advance past, uh, past well, everything. And here's another thing that you don't, I don't think TV does a good job of uh, capturing LAFC's first game, which was the first of three, really decides nothing. That first game decides nothing. If you win the game 100 to nothing, it doesn't matter. You're going to ha- maybe have to play two more games. So it, it, it doesn't decide anything. LAFC, like other teams, were charging premium t- uh, uh, money for those games because it was a playoff game. Right. Well, first of all, BMO Stadium was not full. They announced the capacity crowd. It was not a capacity crowd. It wasn't even close. There was no urgency on the field. The players played a pretty good game, but you just didn't feel that urgency. Maybe I should say not on the field, but in the stands. You didn't feel that urgency. It didn't feel like a playoff game. And I talked to my friend Jonathan Tannenwald, who's a reporter for the Philadelphia Papers, and he said that it was the same feeling in the Philadelphia. I think they played New England in the first game, that there was no urgency. The game truly didn't mean anything. Now, the second game, you're right. Second game, someone's fighting for their lives. Um, and you've seen some really good games. You see Dallas came back against Seattle, played a really good game. You've seen RSL now in this game. Um, so there's been some good second games. Vancouver played really well against LAFC in the second game. But the first game, it's almost like it doesn't decide anything. And, and the players know it doesn't decide anything. And they try to get through that game and get on the next round and make sure no one gets hurt. Yeah, that's yeah. what it feels like. Yeah, I I understand it, and I sort of see it. By the way, I'm watching uh, the penalty kick shootout. Houston, Are you, I got on my phone. Yeah, I got. I'm, I'm watching the actual video feed. Uh, Houston tried to go down the middle, uh, and uh, Zach McMath uh, for RSL didn't move um, and just blocked the ball. And then they called him saying that he stepped over the line, that he came off the line too soon. But then that went to VAR, and they looked at it. No, he didn't come off the line too soon. It was fine. So the first one missed by Houston and RSL now getting a chance well, uh, to come up and take it. And, and we're going now. Cl- okay, so why is this happening? MLS won't say, but it's clear, I think, to most observers that this is a way to get more content for Apple TV, more revenue. Even if a lot of people don't watch the game, if there's some advertising revenue, you get some viewerships, get right. people to check it out. And you're right. I mean, if you got nothing going on, you're just sitting at home and you don't want to watch another episode, a repeat of The Office, you'll put the game on. Right. I, I get it. But, you know, again, it's the we're going back to the best of three, which was a failed format when MLS used it the first time. We're deciding these games now on penalty kicks, not aggregate goals, right. which goes back to the original concept. Let's Americanize this game. We found out that that didn't work. People came to soccer because of what soccer was. Right. You don't go to a baseball game and hope that a cricket match breaks out. You go to a soccer game to see soccer, and soccer is played in a different way. Aggregate goals, all that kind of stuff, that's the generally accepted way to do it. Um, if you have a way to improve it, great. I don't think this improves it. And and to have a team's season end on penalty kicks after they play a meaningless first game in a playoff series – I don't know. It just doesn't yeah, feel. Yeah, but I mean that can happen if you have t- a tied aggregate as well, right? But usually there's extra time that's involved, and then penalty kicks, right? Whenever you have home and home, right? There's aggregate score. Sometimes there's away goals. Sometimes away goals. I mean, you know, basically Europe has said away goals don't work either, right? And yeah. so they've gotten rid of some of that. So maybe you don't have that anymore. I mean, there's always 
a chance you can do something different and and things. I mean, you say, you know, you don't go to a baseball game and hope a cricket game breaks out, but you know, we all watched banana ball earlier this year, right? Where the, where the, the bananas uh, were out there playing some goofy style of baseball and it had some entertainment value. I'm not saying it's the same as baseball, but it had some entertainment value. Uh, if you go and look at the MLS all-star game, they bring back goalie wars every once in a while because goalie wars was sort of fun. And that was very an Americanized way of, of doing things. So, um, the first league to ever put white foam out was MLS, right? You remember that? That was the first spray foam league ever. And everybody was making fun of us, right? And then they go and now it's everywhere, right? So, I mean, there's there's always ways to be innovative and stuff like that. I, I tend to agree with you. I don't like it. If you want more games, just have home and homes um, and, and make that happen. You know, they have a problem with timing with the international breaks and everything else. And that's going to continue to be the case. I mean, it's going to be such a momentum stop here very soon. Uh, once everybody gets through all of these uh, all of these first round games, yeah. And, and, and here's the problem with that: some teams will play through the next weekend, and then the international break kicks in, and that's ten days, and I think you actually two weeks before the games resume. During LAFC has three weeks. Uh, I, I think Cincinnati now has almost three weeks. People forget the playoffs are even going on now. Maybe yep. in the ho- in the cities where your team is playing, maybe you remember, but. The casual fans, which are the ones that the league needs to capture to move forward, they forget the playoffs are going on, and the teams certainly lose their momentum. And I've had athletes in every sport tell me that when you play a full season, and in the case of, again, this is the longest, most complicated season in MLS history, teams playing every five days, to take a three-week break, what happens is, yes, you recover and 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 you get over the fatigue, but you become too strong. So now when you come back, instead of making a perfect pass, your pass misses the guy by 20 yards because you're too strong. Can, you can, don't want that long break. Can can we also <laughs> talk about, I think one of the major failings uh, of some of this is that I don't think that they have done a very good job, MLS in general, has, has done a very good job of informing the watchers of what is going on in the game. A lot of times the announcers seem in the dark on what is happening during games. And we watched, you know, I watched a whole bunch of different things that were sort of going on through different games. And there were several times where you need VAR, you need VAR and you need to hear the conversations that they're having during a VAR check. We can't keep leaving people in the dark because the announcers are literally sitting there going, I don't know what happened. I don't know what was called. I didn't see a replay like a referee called something and nothing happened. Right. And so everybody goes, "Okay, you know, you're trying to figure it out with them and even smart. I would consider myself a smart soccer watcher. I'm sitting there going, I have no idea what was called. Not only because I think MLS in its production side of things has done an overall totally crap job this year in getting the right camera angles, telling the right stories during the game, right? Getting all of the correct replays when they're supposed to be done. And I've been talking about that for this entire time, right? But they just get other things wrong. Like right now, they have a graphic up, and this bothered me whenever I watched Cincinnati and New York do it as well. They had a graphic up, and it shows RSL and Houston, and they're showing the penalty kicks being taken, right? Now, in this graphic, it has RSL on the top and Houston on the bottom. Now, why is RSL on the top and Houston on the bottom? Because RSL is the home team. But you would imagine that in a penalty kick shootout, that the team that's on the top goes first. And they've been not doing that. They've been they, so it's backwards. So if you watch right now how things are going on, you see that, you know, Houston has X number of of goals. And then you have to go back up to the top in order for, you know, RSL to go because they're second. That's so wrong. And anybody who has ever watched penalty kick shootouts knows it's wrong. But yet somehow MLS gets stumped on some of this. The production what, what? teams get stumped by wh- how you're supposed to list things and when you're supposed to list them. Well, how, how about stumping the team? So you, if you watch the uh, the Red Bulls Cincinnati penalty kick shootout, you know that when they flipped the coin, they said MLS has already determined what net you will shoot at. Yep. That, that had to be an Apple TV decision for the visuals or whatever. But the referees told the players this has already been decided, and both teams were like, "What? Yep. You know that that's crazy." I I will say one thing though that it was it, it did sort of this made sense to me. I I heard someone on. On a, on a podcast talk about it, and then I watched it in the Seattle game, that when a team is losing uh, one of these games because aggregate goals don't matter. So if a team is losing, um, in the case of, I think New England was losing to Philadelphia 3-1, to one, well, New England just decided, okay, we're going to counterattack. If we lose 5-1, to one, it doesn't matter. Right. But maybe we catch a goal here or there, and we get maybe we get to penalty kicks. So the idea is they weren't, they just didn't 
park the bus to, to close out the game and keep the aggregate close. And the same thing happened with Seattle. They gave up a late goal to Dallas because they weren't trying to protect the, the narrow – they weren't trying to protect their aggregate lead, which they had. Right. They were going to, for a tie to force penalty kicks. That was a little bit exciting as opposed to just the team bunkering down. But that had, it, the, the circumstances for that to happen are so rare that it's really not a reason to have a three-game playoff. Well, uh, I would like to update everybody. RSL won that penalty kick shootout, so there will be a third game uh, going at Houston, and so that'll pick back up. So that'll be the second third game of these playoffs. Uh, that sort of comes in. So RSL wins 5-4. Houston missed the very first one. Everybody else made after that. So that's sort of the update, and that makes sense. Uh, so whenever you see this chart, you will see it's no longer one nothing in there uh, for the Houston-RSL game that uh, that RSL actually uh, got by on penalty kicks now, so they will go to a third game. And look at your top left. Sporting Kansas City, boy, have they been awesome since about June 1st. They Remember, have. they were behind the Galaxy for a long time, and they are, I mean, they just rolled over. Uh, St. Louis. They did, and it wasn't close. And listen, uh, if you remember whenever the Galaxy were playing St. Louis, Kevin, we were talking about how St. Louis didn't seem like this team that was, you know, unstoppable by any means, right? And it sort of goes through the rest of what we talked about, which is the Western Conference has been mediocre for most of this year. Now there are some teams peaking at the right time. Uh, Sporting Kansas City looks solid, really solid, right? And that yeah, I mean, but they're gonna get they're gonna get completely screwed by this break because they got momentum right now. They're believing in themselves. Peter Vermees has those guys running through walls. The momentum. It, the one thing about the MLS playoffs and the baseball playoffs the same way, all 300 win teams were out and it was, you know, teams that won 83 games in the regular season going to the World Series. It's that momentum. It's not who's the best team. It's who's the best team right now. Kansas City is riding that momentum. And now all of a sudden they're running into a brick wall. They're going to have two and a half, three weeks off. It's really going to rob. It's going to hurt them more than I think it hurts anybody else. And, and reminder, whenever it comes back, Kevin, we're no longer in any sort of aggregate series, single game elimination from here on out, which again it was I was watching the Sporting Kansas City game and they're like, this is the last time Sporting Kansas City is going to be at home right now. It's done. This is this is that game. It's done now. There's no more home games for Sporting Kansas City. If they win all their games from here on out, they will play basically MLS Cup on the road as well. Right. They would they would have to go all the way through, which, by the way, used to sort of be one of those things that you looked at and said, oh, OK, that's how that runs. But again, home and away to me still seems. Yes, it's a lot of games. And the problem that I think they run into, Kevin, is that it ends up being a lot of games, um, you know, towards the tail end of things. But that's what happens whenever you put 18 teams into the playoffs. Right. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a decision MLS made as well, which was to, to give, you know, the first to the top nine in each conference a chance to go to the playoffs, um, which, again, I generally am like, OK, so your team gets a chance to go to the playoffs and gets a playoff game. That is exciting. That's good for the game. You get to say you went to the playoffs, even though you're ninth and however it works. Right. So you get to do that. Um, but that being said, if you just went to, you know, six or you went to five and, you know, you had single elimination or you had, you know, home and homes and it's aggregate scores and stuff like that. I just feel like there's there's some real advantage to that. And I think eventually that's where MLS will settle uh, because I think they'll get the games that they want and all the things. But, you know, right now they're going to they're going to play the everybody makes the playoff cards, except for the LA Galaxy who finished 13th. Um, well, and, and another thing is, is why do you play best of three in the first round and then the next three rounds? Are all single elimination. It's just again, if you want, if you're going to say, look, best of three really determines the the best team, and you know, there's a uh, you know a little bit of a factor built in. If you have a bad game, there's right. a little bit of okay. Well, then why are the next three? You know, best it's, of one. Yeah, single elimination. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, highest highest seed host the whole deal. Well. Uh, we'll see how that sort of uh, goes off. Well, one of the the news items, the news nuggets that came out whenever uh, we were on break between shows and all that fun stuff uh, was that Chicharito Hernandez officially said goodbye to the LA Galaxy and the LA Galaxy officially said goodbye to Chicharito Hernandez. So Javier Hernandez no longer with the LA Galaxy, Kevin. Um, I just... When you think about Chicharito and you look at his stats, right, 74 games played, 65 games started, he had 38 goals and six assists just on, you know, on the whole over four years. Those aren't, I think, horrible stat lines. The problem becomes that all of those goals were basically scored, um, you know, between 21 and 22. Uh, in, in yeah, he had years. two. He had two seasons in four years. Yeah, he had two seasons in four years, right? And you know, if you go look at uh, you know eighteen goals and seventeen goals in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, one goal in twenty twenty three, two goals in twenty twenty. As you said, uh, two seasons in four years. 
sim- similar to, I think, Douglas Costa, whenever we sort of look at Costa and what his impact was in the LA Galaxy, uh, we got to watch some real DP performances from from Chicharito uh, in 2021, and it was fun to watch, right? 2022, similar, even though that got us off to a slow start, it finished with him on fire, and it sort of looked like the LA Galaxy were sort of in a position to maybe take a run um, last year, just in terms of how they finished and how they are playing. You talk about momentum. Maybe a best of three series would have done the LA Galaxy a ton of good there, Kevin. Um, you know, uh, getting into the playoffs, getting through uh, their their first game, and then uh, losing to LAFC, right? So that's what you're seeing, like with with Chicharito and how he was effective and when he was good. Um, but outside of that, just nine games played in 2023, 12 games played in 2020. Um, those were some real disaster of seasons. Whenever you look at that, and I think well, that's, and only one season with more than eighteen hundred minutes, which is not a ton of minutes. Right, I, you're, you're right. I mean, he's first of all eighteen, you know, eighteen hundred minutes, seventeen thirty six in twenty twenty one, and he scored, you know, twenty. Or he scored scored seventeen goals. That was the year where we were like, well, if he would have stayed healthy, he would have had you know won the golden boot. Um, but then you saw him in 2022 really grind through in 2,600 minutes, basically just under 2,600 minutes. You're like, that's great. But going back and looking at it here, you know, the real mistake, let's be, let's be perfectly honest. The LA Galaxy were done with Chicharito in 2022. Uh, if it wasn't for the the incentives that were in his contract that gave him, you know, very light appearances and everything else that were sort of going on in that. I forget what the total number was, but it wasn't a ton of appearances. If, no, you know, he he actually got it, I think, in late July or early August. Yes. Yes. In 2022. Triggered and it, yeah. and that triggered the, uh, the the option. And so he was picked up for 2023. And by the way, they didn't have a choice. They were picking him up for 2023 because he triggered those options. Um, performance metrics are always interesting whenever they come to contracts. If you would like to talk about a contract that we, that maybe I found a little bit more about, we can talk about Ricky Poosh, right? So we have three designated players for the LA galaxy, Douglas Costa gone, Chicharito, uh, gone. And now Ricky Poosh. Now it's been my assertion, Kevin, that if the LA galaxy want to do something with Ricky Poosh, they're going to re-sign him to some money, uh, to some more money this year. Right. And sort of say, okay, here you go. Uh, we'll give you an extended contract and we'll do some things, right? It is, uh, it has been, uh, or at least it has come to my attention that, uh, he does have some performance, uh, clauses in his contract that likely will push his salary close to about $3 million, right? So when we say, oh, well, you have to pay him. There's two things that sort of come in mind. One is he likely, and I believe those were appearance metrics, not gores, goals scored or minutes or anything. I think it was appearances. If we look at him and we talk about his appearances that he's made, Kevin, he's, he played in almost every game he was available for last year or last year. So he probably made those appearance metrics. No problem. That could escalate his contract all the way up to $3 million. If that does, that also means that he will be a full designated player, which we anticipated him being anyway. So you know, does it change your mind about Ricky Pooch? Does that does that mean that I think he gets a new contract now? It means I probably don't, right? Because he has the ability now within his contract and within the performance metrics that he has to make almost $3 million. At $3 million, Ricky Pooch is probably valued where he should be in Major League Soccer right now. He's extremely talented, extremely talented. Um, but if you don't call out the fact that he doesn't play any defense, then you don't tell the whole story sometimes either, right? There's, there's gotta be another level to Ricky Pooge if he wants a contract beyond this, this, you know, probably up and close to $3 million that he's probably going to make in this next year. Well, I, I think that that whole thing is pretty smart by the galaxy because what it's saying is we recognize that Ricky Pooge has been valuable, that he's humped, that he's played every game, that he's been there all the time, that he's been our leader, um, you know, that he's led the team. We're going to reward him. I mean, they don't have to. The contract says what the contract says. Right. They could easily say, "Hey, you know what? We'll 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 get you next time. We'll we'll sign you to a bigger contract when this one runs out." There's no guarantee it'll happen. A lot of teams and a lot of sports try to do that. They say, "We negotiated this contract with you. You agreed to it. That's the contract." The Galaxy are saying, "We negotiated a contract, and you have overperformed, and therefore we will reward you." I think that's really smart. Um, I also think it's smart to make the metrics be. Uh, you know, appearance based, especially, uh, especially for play. the galaxy, right? Because because well, of exactly what we talked about. Yeah, a guy like in yeah, because the galaxy continue to get burned by guys getting injured, and you don't want to pay a guy for not performing. You know, he could score twenty goals in the first ten games and then miss the rest of the season. Is he worth is he worth that much money because right. he missed two thirds of the season? No, he's not. Um, but the other part of that is, I think teammates will tell you that they like that too because now Ricky Pooch isn't running down the field thinking one more goal and I get my three million dollars. I'm not passing it. I'm gonna score uh, or, or I'm gonna get an assist or you know some of that unselfish thing that we've seen from other players. I think this will be a very popular uh, uh, um, contract 
in the locker room as well. But the thing is, you 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 must know this. So if he gets the three million dollars and that makes him a designated player, right? Which which um, he was already classified as a designated player. This okay, year. so they don't have to. Yeah, right. So it's not like they're holding the spot for that. He's already the DP. All that it it doesn't change his status. It just changes his bank account. It sh- it does change his classification a little bit because right now basically he is a TAM player that's elevated to a designated player, and because of that, the LA Galaxy can have three U twenty two players, right? Because he's not a full deep quote unquote the full dp well this contract um which by the way wasn't renegotiated i believe this was always part of the performance metrics that the, the contract he originally signed right but with this appearances and everything else he makes close to three million dollars that would take away that sort of limited dp that he sort of is right now right the mini dp that he is and that means that when the la galaxy are shopping now because remember they have two open designated player spots douglas costa left chicharito left the galaxy are now shopping for two designated players one of those is likely to be a young designated player um, because they're going to need to do that as long as they keep as long as MLS continues to enforce the uh, the, the rules with DPs and how it's linked to U22s, because I imagine the LA Galaxy will still want those U22 spots. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, say, Ricky Pooja's base salary is one point six. So when the the union sends out those figures, his base salary is one point six, one point seven, whatever it is, the guaranteed would be three million. And that's where those bonuses come in. That's the difference between the guaranteed and the base salary. The base salary is what, if you never show up to a game, but you're under contract, you get that. But if you, performance metrics, some people have appearance bonuses, some people do community service. I think on some contracts or signing bonuses, that's where the guaranteed income comes in. So that's when you see Ricky's numbers next year, you will definitely see a probably a difference between his May numbers, contract numbers, and his fall contract numbers, because some of those performance metrics theoretically will have kicked in. Yeah, yeah, and and you you will see that. And my guess is you might even see it, it like move to his base salary because I think it like jumps his base salary. You you just watch, just it, it expect an increase in there. But that means that my assertion that oh well you have to sign him to a new contract probably doesn't need to happen now, right? He's probably being compensated for what he's doing. It's fair. The Galaxy will probably sit on that for a little bit and not have to renegotiate a contract. Although Ricky did make hint to that uh whenever he was in his exit interviews he was talking about sort of hey you know everybody needs to get together and i want to stay here for a long time that's going to be up to the galaxy and my agents and all that sort of stuff so there's still a hint that he wants a little you know cashola being thrown more his way um i just think the la galaxy are going to expect to see what he does this next season um because i think there's plenty within the organization that think that ricky push has scraped the surface for what he can do uh, and that they expect him to be much, much better uh, in this in this next year. Not saying he hasn't been good, but they think the ceiling is that high for him. But uh, and by the way, we were talking about two designated player spots being open. We know the Galaxy spend money like drunken sailors still, even now, second highest pay, well, third highest payroll in the league after after Miami kicked in their, their all their new acquisitions. Right. So the Galaxy with money to spend, willingness to spend it. That's one thing you can you can't fault Dan Beckerman on. There's a lot of things you can fault them on, but Dan Beckerman does spend money. Um, you're going to hear all – we've already heard some rumors, you know, Griezmann is supposedly coming to the galaxy. Listen to all those rumors with a huge grain of salt because agents overseas know the galaxy have money. They know they're spending money, and they know they have two DP spots open, and they are hungry for a playoff team. So any agent who has a player in Europe that needs to resign or is looking for a bonus or whatever, they're going to float the rumor that my player is on his way to the galaxy. Why? Because it makes sense. The Galaxy are ambitious, they'll spend money, and they have two DP spots open. But very few of those rumors are going to be true. Well, so anytime you hear a big name... Yeah, we already had one that I got to kill. I, I already got to kill a rumor already. And it, it sucks because I can see these coming. Um, and usually I'm in a position to be able to say yes or no on these pretty fairly easily. Um, and I was busy for a day, so I let it linger, which got everybody excited, right? Uh, Alvaro, uh, Al- Alvaro Morata was, was linked with the LA Galaxy. Yes, uh, I can tell you that from the, you know, the talks that I've had that Murata was at one point a target for the LA Galaxy. That seems like either that was a replacement for Chicharito either uh, or, or Douglas Costa in this in the winter transfer window that was that last happened or possibly even the summer transfer window. Right. Where they were sort of thinking, hmm, who could we get? Um, and so the, the rumor sort of came out. And people go, oh, Murad is coming to the LA Galaxy. And so you would say, well, they were interested in him before. So that must mean they're interested in him now. And I don't think that's the case. In fact, I would well, find it highly unlikely that you will see Murata in an LA Galaxy uniform based on the discussions that I've had with people. So that that rumor is an old rumor that got recycled 
for, as you say, maybe the agent recycled it. Maybe somebody found out about it and sort of wanted to report it, but didn't quite report it the way it was supposed to. But that's an old rumor, not a new rumor, even though you may have never heard that before. And I certainly don't don't remember hearing it before either, Kevin. It was one of those things where I was like, oh, yeah, Murata, remember whenever we heard about him over here? That wasn't one thing. I think it flew well, under the radar a little bit. See, this happens in soccer because it's a global sport with leagues all over the world with all kinds of different rules. It's very easy to float these rumors and they never come back to where they started. And I know this for a fact because there was a player in the galaxy and I won't embarrass him or his agent, but he was being rumored tied to a whole bunch of European teams. And I knew the agent fairly well. And I went to the agent and said, hey, you know, so-and-so is looking at your player. And so, and then as I started to continue the conversation, it became apparent that none of those conversations had ever taken place and none of those teams were interested in him. And the, the agent had just called friendly reporters or sent out his own social media tweets saying that his player was being talked to by these teams. The teams aren't going to deny it because it it gets them on the wrong foot with the agent. The agent told me, don't you dare knock down this rumor because it makes my guy look good. Right. And and, and so they're just out there. And, you know, you, you can't say, well, oh, Sporting Kansas City is going to sign Cristiano Ronaldo. That one's not going to work. But if the if someone said the Galaxy are in Miami were invest, interested – you might believe that a little bit, even if it's not true. But, so you really have to be careful with these rumors. But that Cristiano Ronaldo one was true, though, right? It was Sporting Kansas City who tried to go out and get him. That was that was the they apparently. have they have the discovery rights. Ooh, all right, love MLS, gotta love it. It's one of the best. But discovery I mean, rights on Lionel Messi, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we, def- we found this guy. He's really good. Dibs, you know, it's like it's like you know, whenever you go to the to go to the car and you want to sit in the front seat, shotgun, you know, let's let's hurry up and it's get like, out there. Where, where'd you find him? We found him in the World Cup final. Yeah, <laughs> we were we were we were left no rock unturned. He was, you know, he, that's right. He, he won major Turned awards. My TV and there he was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so so anyway, so just wanted to again throw that rumor there. Um, the other one is sort of what I, you know, I think we talked about with Douglas Costa was that Douglas Costa was never coming back. The whole I chose not to return to the LA Galaxy thing was ha 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 he was never coming back i like i'm like what is going on here <laughs> well he said at his exit interview i i'm open to coming back and then all of a sudden the galaxy said an hour later then he's like i was never coming back i was just fooling i was that's why I pulled one over. On you I, I think I think whenever I was telling people which uh, which exit interviews to watch, because I put the full three hours and 22 minutes up on YouTube, right? They're all there. Like, I want those there forever. The L.A. Galaxy did a tremendous job getting us those. You get to hear every minute of every one. And it's one of those things. Is it for everybody? No. But if I had to sit through it, then you had to sit through it. But we can all be upset at Douglas Costa for wasting our time, because if we had known he wasn't coming back, the questions would have been different would have been a much different interview, right? But instead, he's like, oh, well, we got to sit down and think about it. I guess two hours worth of thinking was all they needed, right? You know, it's like this was well, already I, no, decided. I, I, that 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 may be an issue, but I'm not bagging on this. I think Vicky Mercado, who's the head of uh, communications for the Galaxy, and Kevin Acevedo, who's listening right now as he's training for the Tour de France, um, did an excellent job. We have complained yeah. yep. in years past about not having access. This time we got every player for as long as we wanted. Yep. Um, Almost every player. Well we, we, didn't Kudos. Kudos. we didn't get Chicharito. We didn't get Chicharito. We didn't get Bond. Well, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with missing on some. I'm okay with that. Uh, and by also, the way, where does Chicharito go now? We know Santos, or we know Costa wants to go back to Brazil. Where does Chicharito go? Does he I, wind up? I back think. At I think no. Costa wants to go to AC Milan. That's where he went. Oh yeah, he was like, I want. That's where I want to finish. I want to finish in Milan. I want to finish in Italy. Um, Chivas, I think, is the is where everybody is predicting. Uh, that Chicharito goes. I don't know where it'd be goes. nice, kind of nice circle. It would be a nice circle. And and by the way, uh, you know, maybe I said this for with Douglas Costa. I have no ill will towards Douglas Costa. I, I found him to be, um, you know, as engaging as sort of you expect for some of those guys. Chicharito, uh, I think we sort of talked a little bit about him as well, even though we were saying he was going to be gone, but now officially, I'm going to miss covering Javier Hernandez. That's that was that was enjoyable. I always enjoyed it. It was always different. I may have gotten tired of him not wanting to answer our questions in the way that we wanted to do it, but his answers were at least were always entertaining. Um, so I don't, you know, it's sort of one of those things. It's like, I, I don't need to ask you a question every time because I know you're not going to answer it, you know, answer what I want to talk about. You're going to answer what you want to talk about, which is cool. That works, right? The whole deal. But, um, you know, maybe that's, yes. a def- maybe that's a defense mechanism for him. He, gets, he just always talks whatever he, about what he wants to talk about. I rarely found that he would answer a question head on. But uh-huh. Sophie asking Chicharito a question, that was I, next level. How will you know? I next will miss level. that, right? You, you will miss those interactions and that type of thing. So, um, yeah, for, so Chicharito. So now the Galaxy are out there. Um, what are they searching for? You know, uh, two wingers, 
two wingers, a let's see, let's see if I can figure out some of the things. Uh, two wingers, a striker for sure, right? Uh, you know, you're gonna have to fill in those with your senior DPs and your U22s and all that stuff. I mean, this is and. One is, I want to caution people, sometimes I think we give Will Kuntz too much credit for everything, right? He's not always in charge of everything. Uh, but two is, this is where you let Will Kuntz cook. This is his. This is why you brought him on. This is the wonder kid from the Yankees, right? This is the guy who's going to come in now, and he's got these spots to fill, and he's going to start doing his little numbers and running his little spreadsheet. I have no idea if that's what he does. We should get him on the show and actually ask him. Do you run, do you run numbers and have spreadsheets? Do you do that yourself? Do you type them in? Is it Excel? Uh, how does all this work? But he has a system that it, that works out, and this is how they go out and they have to identify these guys. This is the entire scouting scouting side of things. Job is to fill these spots. What is the timing on those spots, right, Kevin? Because you and I could certainly make an argument that perhaps the LA Galaxy start the season with just two designated players, and they only bring in one designated player at the beginning of the year, and you go out in the summer and you get your second one. Greg Vanny has already said he wants everybody in camp before it starts. Doesn't want to wait. Wants all their visas done wants to have this team put together. Let's see if they can pull that off well, because they haven't yeah, been able to do that. I'm with him because he gets burned on that every single year. Remember Tyler Boyd was just hanging around forever. And then before that Costa came in, I don't know how late in the preseason. Uh, Greg Vanny is absolutely right in that, but I'm going to, I'm going to be interested to watch. I don't think this, I, I think we're going to, the perception is going to be the public face is going to be that the, everything worked out great and, and everyone was on the same page. I'm not quite sure they are because I, I think Will Kuntz really is interested in in what he calls the Atlanta model, which is you know young uh, players from uh, uh, um, South America, Central America, where he thinks that they're, it's more cost effective. These guys are young, they're ambitious, they want to go to Europe, they want to come make their mark here. He's talking about people like Al Marron, um, you know, that'll come up and play well. He had that at, at LAFC with you know Diego Rossi and and uh, you know. Um, just a ton of players there. I think that's the model he wants. That's traditionally not the Galaxy model, and you have people like Jovan Karaski who've come up under that other model where they want to look for players in big European leagues and sign those guys maybe a little bit past their prime. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because I do think there's going to be some friction between those two, and maybe Greg Vanny has to step in and referee it. What? But... You know that I would I would argue that that would be more of an important thing if you only had one designated player spot. Don't you think that you mix and match with things that you have here? Don't you think there's plenty of room for one young designated player? As we talked about, you're going to need one anyway. Don't you think what? there's there's room for one more savvy, older veteran, European veteran? Don't you think that a mix? Uh, by the way, uh, everybody needs to understand this and get this through their head. A mix, young and old, is what wins championships and all that stuff. Having a super young core is great as long as that core develops over years, but it doesn't usually lead to immediate results. Yeah, yeah, but you have to have the same philosophy. And by that, I mean, if you go and get a European player who is, uh, you know, fits one profile and a, a, a young South American that fits a different profile and you say, Jovan got his guy, Will got his guy, that doesn't work. And, and I think back to when there was only one and then maybe two DPs back in the day when Tim Lewicki told me, David Beckham was never the guy that was going to turn this team around. He said David Beckham was a midfielder. David Beckham was very important to us, and he served a role. But we knew we weren't going to win until we got Robbie Keane. The idea of there was a strategy. Get a midfielder who feeds a striker, and they move together. If Like, Wiki was able to impose his philosophy on the team and get that done. If you have the, uh, two people with different philosophies and their players fit different profiles – Yes, you can have an old guy and a young guy, and they they, they never they're never on the same page on the field, and it doesn't work. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but that's the same thing that they have to do with every player they get is make sure that stuff matches and that they they bring in the right guys for the right things. Right? I mean, again, this is not something that they haven't already proven that quite honestly that they can do. Now you can say, well, show me. Well, look at the acquisitions that they made over the summer. Look at the acquisitions once Will Will Coons came in that they made to sort of fit in and piece things together. There have been puzzle pieces being put together. The Galaxy have no transition defense. Expect that to be addressed, right? The LA Galaxy, uh, Ricky Pouge doesn't play defense. How are you going to address that, right? One, Ricky Pouge needs to play more defense. Two is uh, that you need to do something to support him, right? The LA Galaxy probably going to go out and keep Tyler Boyd, something like that. They're probably going to get a DP striker, whether that's a young DP or a DP. They're probably going to get two more wingers. They're probably going to go. I mean, you can go out and see how the pieces fit, but 
when you look at it, and we've talked about it, 17 of 32 or 34 players basically uh, up for grabs, but we all know that I would expect more or less the majority of those guys come back, right? Because you're not going to have 17 new players. I think you're going to have seven or eight new players, right? That's where I sort of think that the the sweet spot is. Now, having said that, you're probably going to have at least two new starters in there, right? Maybe three new starters that sort of come in and then you're going to have to fill in and create depth and do all the things. Now, if everybody gets healthy, depth sort of restores itself once again. But this is not something they haven't done. Um, and so I don't want to sit there and say, oh, well, they don't know how to, you know, sort of compete with their interests and in the two different models. And maybe there are two different models. Maybe there aren't two different models. Maybe everybody understands that you need guys. And Greg Vanny was screaming it during he wasn't. But like if you listen to him, he really beat this point home during his exit interview, which is we need people who are going to be in games. Right. We need people who are available. We need people who are healthy. All of our DPs are going to be run through this can you be available for us on a regular basis? So injury prone players and possibly older players, not so much in anymore. Right. Right. Kevin, I mean, to your point, that's what Greg Vanny is saying now. If how they, many, yeah. How, how many players appeared in all 34 MLS regular season games for the galaxy? One Tyler, Tyler Boyd. Boyd. Do you bring, so uh, there's some interesting questions. Tyler Boyd. I think he deserves to be brought back. I, deserve, I think he deserves to be brought back at a race. He's not a DP. Do you bring back Caligari? Do you bring back Caceres? Uh, the, uh, Caligari is, uh, is a difficult one. That, that's just tough. One, he's probably not going to be ready. Um, the, I think the best scenario for everybody and maybe the LA galaxy thinks so. Maybe his, his club in Brazil thinks so. I think he's Fluminense is, is where he's at. Um, maybe the answer is another loan because you don't know when he's going to be available. You don't know about his rehab. Uh, if you saw the Halloween pictures the Galaxy put out about the uh, the the sweeter treat whenever they were going through and doing all their trick-or-treating at the stadium, uh, Caligari was still there, and people were like, oh, man, I think he's coming back. No, he's probably just rehabbing here, and that makes some sense. But to me, the best scenario for both his club and, and the LA Galaxy is to do another loan. Let him rehab, slowly get back in. The loan is still in effect. He gets another year, and then if he is back to normal, and you sort of said Greg's said you need 12 months post-injury to sort of know whether or not you're going to get a re-injury that's sort of when the the stats go up that you're not going to re-injure things right so he wants 12 months pat you know 12 months um after after the injury to sort of come back well that's like the middle of this year so if caligari can't come back and he's not going to be available for some parts of the beginning of the season the whole deal it that means he's going to go back to fluminense and he's got to sit there Right. And that doesn't do any good for that team. I'm really hoping they loan him again. I, that, I think that's best case scenario. You have Michovic, who's in a similar situation, which he's on loan. His loan is ended. What are they going to do with him? Well, I don't think Jonathan Klinsman is coming back. That's just a guess right now. I think Jonathan Bond is the number one. Michovic is the up and coming number two. Michovic could pass Jonathan Bond in this next year if you let him play. Maybe you go out and you spend the money on Michovic as a U22 player, unlimited acquisition costs. You can pay him a certain amount of money and he gets a raise from wherever he's at right now, too, uh, if he wants to be with the LA Galaxy, right? So that's something to sort of look at. Caceres is done. He's not coming back. I would, there, there's zero chance of that. They gave basically his spot and his money to Yoshida, and that makes sense to me. I, I, I don't think the Galaxy spends DP money on a goalkeeper, but I think that's an area that they're going to have to look at. I mean, they gave up 67 goals. Yes, the back line was a problem, but they gave up a league high 67 goals. Uh, it, that it, it just needs to be addressed. I mean, they need some help back there. I mean, I can I can tell you that for the most part that it's definitely a transition defense problem and not a Jonathan Bond problem. But I think he has problems with dis distribution more than anything. Um, and if he gets a good defense in front of him, I think that he's one. They already showed that his stats. He was one among one of the better better uh, goalkeepers this year in terms of his rebound from the year before. Right. So you're sort of seeing where he's being put at. I don't think he's a great goalkeeper. I think he's very middle of the road in terms of a lot of things. But I think if you want to spend money and do stuff, spend it on transition defense, spend it on the midfield for the guys who are protecting the defense, spend it on the defense. That'll get you a better goalkeeper. Um, and I think that Michovic will be a, a really good number two. Um, and so I, I think that that sort of is, is one of the places that you can look to pare down. Like I said, uh, Caceres isn't coming back. He's out of contract. Um, and so that's not happening. I'm trying to see if he has a, um, option, an option, or if it's just a straight up, uh, he was, this was his option year. 
So the so, and so Yoshida will slot into there next Yoshi- to Jalen Neal. Yep, Yoshida. It's likely Yoshida and Neal are your starting center backs. I think that makes sense. Uh, Chris Mavinga is back, so you have him as a backup, right? So you'll you'll have that. You have to figure out what to do with Leardam um, because I think he's he's contract is up or or has an option, right? So um, you have that in there. You have to figure out what to do with Billy Sharp, but that sort of depends on what you're going to bring back. You're bringing Yovelich back. He says he wants to be back. He says he's under contract, which he is. Yovelich should be back, but do you bring Yovelich back and keep Billy? sharp and go out and get a dp as a striker as well and now you're sitting three deep for a team that that plays with one right so i mean these are the questions and i think we're going to start to get answers to these i just don't think there's answers right now because you're going to watch how and, and everybody likes to think that the galaxy have like this linear path to all these players kevin it's going to be more like mixing them. It's like putting a puzzle together. It's like, well, we like this guy. We like this guy. Who can we get? Well, we can get this guy. Okay. Well, if we get this guy as a DP, this midfielder as a DP, now we need to go with a young DP up at striker. So let me look at my young DP strikers. And you sort of start to mix and match these things. And again, we talk about ghost teams and what the LA Galaxy have been able to do with their analytics. This is where the ghost teams come in. This is how they find those guys. This is how they've already gone out. They've already scouted. These are the guys they think. And then it's about going out and closing deals, right? Because just because you say you want somebody doesn't mean you can get them for the deal that you think you can. What, 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 what's Savaleta's contract situation? And what do you think about bringing him back? I, I think it's he's kind of a of a money ball guy. I mean, he's for for what he costs. Uh, he I think costs he's, no money, okay? Well, I that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I he's think under he's, contract. He's coming back. Yeah, I... I, I think at the end of the season he proved he deserves a chance to come Eight. back at you know at or about the salary he's getting. I, I wouldn't make him a a tam guy by any stretch of the imagination, but for what he's making and for what he does, I thought he he earned his keep at the end of the season at least. Eighty six thousand dollars is what Eric Zavaleta gets to play gets to uh, gets to to make for for playing uh, on on the team, and I have zero issues with that. I'm I'm I know a lot of people are oh he's just he's just the nephew of Greg, and that's the only reason he's there. I think at eighty six thousand dollars there would be several MLS teams who would want him on on their team, um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but no, I mean, those are these are the questions that sort of get. But again, it's not linear. It's not like you're just plopping these things in. You have to figure out and put the pieces together and then go out and close deals. Super complicated. You're doing it in the winter window, Kevin, which we've talked about many times is the most difficult window to get things done um, just because it's middle of the season. And sometimes guys don't want to leave, leave their guys. And if guys are leaving, it's either because their contracts are coming up and they're not wanted anymore. Because if a guy's wanted, a lot of times teams will just be like, we'll play with them for the rest of the year and then you can go somewhere in the summer. Right. Um, or, you know, it's it's hey, you know, we'll, we'll let him go because, you know, he's not starting and he's not playing. And so then you sort of have to find value in some of these guys. Um, so that's that's sort of where um, where I sit there and, and, and sort of look at all this stuff. Again, I think depth will be found within this Galaxy team. We talked about depth being created over the summer and then everybody continued to get injured and there was no depth anymore. Right. So if you have to start your depth, you're not going to have depth anymore. Um, that's sort of the thing. So, uh, that's sort of where I sit. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Cause we don't need to hang around forever tonight. Um, you, you had your ballot that was sort of coming up. Yeah. Right? I just I wanted to know what you thought of that. You know, for MVP, everyone's talking about Bo- Boanga and, and Almeida from Atlanta. I, I went with Luto Acosta of Cincinnati. It's a, it's a cost. 17 goals, second yeah. in the league and 14 assists, third. Um, the coach of the year, that was a tough one. You know, my heart said, I really wanted to vote for Pat Noonan. But I had to go with Bradley Carnell. I mean, he, Pat Noonan had Cincinnati. They won the Supporters Shield, but he'd been there already a year. This guy had a expansion team. It was building it from scratch. Didn't have the long run up some other teams have had. So I went with Bradley Carnell. You would have went with Noonan. Yeah, easily. Okay, easily Noonan. You had you had a team that won back to back. Uh, was it three time wooden spoon winner? Um, was it back to back to back wooden spoons? And they come out and they and they go and win the Supporters Shield. Pat Noonan. But a big you, part of that was the general manager, too. You overthought it. It's Pat yeah. You You overthought uh, it. It's okay. Goalkeeper, you know, a guy, Stephen Fry, had a great season. It wasn't even a finalist. You know, he led the league in clean sheets. Uh, so with the guys that were on there, I went with uh, Roman Berkey of St. Louis. Yeah. Um, Which the he, way they, he has not been that same. The, that whole team has not been that same team for like the last three or four months, I feel no, like. But, but yeah. But the, the, the way they play, where they give up possession, you know, he was second in the league in saves, was first in the year in saves for most of the year. Um, and as you said, everything kind of fell apart at the end. But for the way they play, they really relied heavily on their on their defense and their goalkeeper. So I thought he was goalkeeper of the year. For the newcomer of the year, you know, I had a chance to vote there for the Blonde Door winner, right. Lionel Messi, which would have been totally stupid <laughs> to do that. New, how can you give Messi 
a that's newcomer? Like having discovery rights on Messi. Yeah, he gets newcomer. No, no. So I went with uh, I don't even know how to say the name. Geo Kumakis. Yeah, uh, from Atlanta. He he won. Um, he won. Yeah. And he was named the, the uh, Georgios uh, Geo Kamakis. Uh, is, is how Geo I'm going. Go. Yeah, yeah, that's me. I don't know if that's it. Could be different. It's, it, if it was between you and me pronouncing a name, who would you go with? Uh, yeah, me exactly. I, yeah, I, I would exactly. win that. Uh, and then Tiago Almada uh, was the young player of the year. Is that who you voted for, or, or did you not? Uh, he was one of the MVP candidates, at least on my ballot. And I, I, I did uh, so. I as yeah, I might have voted for him for that award, but I didn't vote for him for MVP. Right. The thing with Boanga, a lot of people are voting for Boanga just looking at the Golden Boot things. You know, he scored a ton of goals, but there were a lot. He scored them in bunches. Yeah, and there were a lot of games. That, that whole summer stretch where LAFC was really doing poorly and losing a lot of games, he was absent. He was playing, but he wasn't scoring. Right. And if you're the most valuable player, I think you need to be there when your team needs you. I, I don't know how many goals he scored that were game winners either. Right. I, I didn't bother to look that up to be honest, but just sort of the gut feeling was. And besides, you hear from LAFC all the time. Oh, we have the best defense. We have the best supporters, and we have the best midfield. Well, if you if you're the best everywhere, then you can't have a most valuable player, right? So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he can't. How, how can he be so valuable, right? It's it's everybody else, right? Yeah. So, Yakamakis. Uh, somebody's saying they're thinking it's Yakamakis. That could they're, be. They're going there. We'll, we'll see. I, uh, George, I can say Georgios. Yeah, and just that guy, that guy. That's all you have to say. That guy over there with the long name. It's fine. Uh, he'll be okay. He'll take, I'm sure, the bonus to whatever came with uh, being newcomer of the year. Uh, but it's interesting. Atlanta United wins both of those awards, um, but yet uh, they they're not playing no more. So, um, you know, just just one of those one of those weird well, ones. St. Louis got two award two of the four awards on my belt, and they're not playing anymore either. So there. That is that is so crazy. I shouldn't say that. Atlanta I, Atlanta still has a chance to play more. They just they just don't get. They just I, to me, I feel like they're behind the eight ball against Columbus. So I'm just. I you know what for, I. I that yeah. team is, I think that team is poised to take off. Um, you know, Gar Lagerway is their new general manager, came over from Seattle at the beginning of the season. He's a guy I think is just great. He's built winners everywhere. I think it was Real Salt Lake he started, mm-hmm. Seattle. Yep. He's been a winner everywhere he goes. He's really sharp, is a good people person, has a, has a good plan. And you can see it right now with these young players, right. guys that have come in uh, just recently and, and with this whole new establishment that they're setting up there. I just think Atlanta's poised to take off again. And they're another team that has um, money and spends it smartly. You know, people are going to look at the Miami thing. They spend a lot of money, though, like acquisitions and stuff like that. Their transfer fees and stuff like that, stuff that doesn't often get calculated into the salary numbers, their transfer fees have been out of this world for Atlanta. But I I think they spend smartly. And I know people are going to talk about Miami and all the money. I think they're spending unwisely on guys like Suarez and Messi and Yes, they're selling all kinds of tickets for millions and millions of dollars and selling jerseys and stuff, but it's really what they're doing in their academy with some of their U22 players and stuff um, that's going to determine how good they are. And it's interesting, Miami's kind of doing things two ways. They're throwing money at big superstars, but they're also building a structure underneath that. Uh, Atlanta's also doing that as well, but they're just not spending the money on the big superstars. Well, uh, this is what it's like to be in the off season here, Kevin. Uh, we get to we get to scrape and scratch for for little bits of information. Uh, the good news is that I'm sure the rumors will be heating up. Somebody asked after I shot down uh, the the previous l- rumor with Murata. They were like, "When are we going to get some real?" I'm like, "They're coming. The real rumors are coming. Relax. We will get them, and then we will know because we will we will talk to people and we'll suss them out. And we'll shake them through. You know, the sieve. That's what I feel. I feel like I'm almost like panning for gold a lot of times. Up. Oh, nope. That's a bad rumor. That's a bad rumor. Up. Oh, you know, just let them wash away in the current all these bad rumors and then at the bottom you're going to find your little gold nugget and be like okay that's a real rumor that one's real well, you know why though it's not going to heat up until at least the beginning of next month because if you're looking at taking players from european teams or even from south american teams they're going to wait till the january transfer window they're determining right now are we it's just like it happens with the baseball trade deadline are we in it do we have a chance to win if so we got to keep our guys Hey, is this a re- is this going to wind up being a rebuilding year? We're going to finish mid table. Right. Uh, we're not going to get relegated. We're not going to win. We're going to be mid table. Okay. Let's start getting rid of some guys and and start getting some salary that we could money that we can spend going forward. Those teams haven't decided that yet, so we don't know who's available yet. Yes, there's some guys like Griezmann that's probably going to be going somewhere. Um, doesn't mean he's coming to the Galaxy, but for the most part, the guys, the kind of guys that I expect the Galaxy to want, valuable guys. Their teams don't know whether they're going to give them up yet. 
Uh, Patrick, by the way, in the chat room says we could have hired Garth Loggerway last summer, but we rehired Klein instead. There you go. I mean, I and I think we made that point whenever that happened. We said the Galaxy should be going after somebody like Garth Loggerway. He's a he's a franchise builder, right? He's a guy who comes in and builds you up and makes you competitive year after year, has had success everywhere he goes. He's smart. And what would he do with a really big budget? And now we're going to find out because he's got Atlanta and Atlanta has money to spend um, and they're ready to go after it. And you can expect that he will be as smart with that money as he was in RSL where they had no budget and in Seattle where usually they work on a little bit more of a limited budget, right? Um, they're not the top spender, but you can't tell me Seattle wasn't successful under Garth Loggerway and all the stuff that he did there, right? So um, this is the, the Galaxy had a chance. They could have gone in there. Well, Un- Uncle, Phil, real- Uncle Phil could have backed up the Brinks truck and said, which house do you want in Malibu, Garth? Uh, yeah, and they well, did, and they so- chose not to do that. I th- I think someone's got to wake Uncle Phil up. I'm, I'm not. It's weekend at Bernie's time over there. But um, he, you know, Legaway has a real eye for talent and is a smart guy. And he's a he he knows how to pu- puzzle pieces together. If you look at Seattle, yes, they have like 11 national team players. But when you look at that team, it's not like a, a team coming in here and saying, "Oh my God, they've got these." You know, they've got a Boanga, they've got a Vela. No, it, it's they've got a bunch of 11 really good guys. Yeah. New who may be their best player, and he's a defender. Yeah. Well, by the way, a chat room bringing up uh, Lewandowski as a possible Galaxy. I, I will say this, uh, certainly not out of the possibility, uh, out of the realm of possibility, I would think that Chicago would be his preferred location. That is that is based off of things that I've heard prior to him. Now, of course, there's the video whenever he's asked LAFC or LA Galaxy, and he and, and Lewandowski says uh, LA Galaxy. Like, I'm, like almost like he'd never heard of LAFC before, which is always humor, which is always humorous, and perhaps he had never heard of LAFC before. Whenever that 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 interview was there, uh, there are sources that I, I think he's at Barcelona, right? So he, there's sources yeah. that uh, that he's going to want out of Barcelona, and Barcelona want to get him out of there too. Um, and so that could be, yes. But that and again, that goes to sort of a different model uh, than than perhaps what uh, what some people in the front office like uh, like Will Coons possibly would want. But that's us picking words. Uh, uh, well, Will Coons went and got Chiellini, so I always bring that up whenever you want to say that. Oh, Will only gets young players. He went out and got and, and, got a veteran, and he got Gareth Bale. And another thing is to watch that when we talk about rumors; they, they don't make sense. You have to look at it. Does it line up? Does it make sense? Here's why Lewandowski, and I'm not saying this is happening. I right. think it's a stretch. I think it's a stretch. Barcelona needs needs uh, has budget problems, big time budget problems. Always. He's their most expensive player. Uh-huh. The Galaxy now have a history having worked through the Julian Araujo thing. The two sides trust each and, other. And Ricky Pouge. Ricky Pouge. And that Ricky thing, Pouge. Yep. The two teams know each other. They trust each other. They got, in a sense, they got each other's back. You know what? The Julian Araujo thing, when it went south, that doesn't continue to happen unless both teams are saying, hey, look, what can we do to help you? They had each other's back. I think there's a lot of trust. I think of all the wild rumors, that one's that one may carry a little bit more water simply because the teams have a history now. Let's let's just say that in the in the giant world of plausible and not plausible, that's at least in a realm of plausibility. Right. It well, sits you used, on that used side. to rank. You used to rank rumors. Where would you rank this one? So, so see, because we don't, I don't, I haven't asked about it. I would go based off of plausibility, right? And so, plausibility gets you at least two to three stars, right? You're like that sits in the middle. That could happen. That's not outside the realm of possibility. It's a position the LA Galaxy want. It's a big name. He has talked about wanting to come out to MLS. His wife wants to be in Los Angeles. We've heard these things before. So it's in the plausible side. Now, if I got to have some conversations with people, I could take that from a. Th- three-star rumor to a one real quick or a three-star rumor to a four or five-star rumor depending on the conversations that come out well and then you say well how how is the galaxy going to be able to afford that contract well barcelona's motivated to save money they i don't know what he's making let's say he's making 20 million just right barcelona may pick up 18 of that then the galaxy are on the hook for 12 that's not out of the realm of possibility um uh, well wait a minute eight so it would be 12 and eight right the galaxy pay him eight that's chicharito money chicharito was making almost that um, you replace Chicharito with Lewandowski, Barcelona saves $8 million, and the Galaxy get a $20 million guy for half the price. Uh, that's not that's not totally true. Uh, 300, 300 times... Like, he's at $15.6 million, it looks like, roughly, like, in there. And that was going from euros, and there's not a straight exchange rate, so between 15 and $17 million a year, so... That's insane money. That's, see? It's easy. You can, it's so easy. Um, so anyway, I mean, that's, that's sort of where, where you sit. So we can sit, live on the side of plausibility in that dude is, does that mean there's any specific information that actually ties me here? No. 
Uh, I still think Chicago is probably a top spot for him. Um, just uh, the the uh, I, I think that there's the the idea that there is this uh, community Polish already community. yeah the Polish community already sort of built for him in Chicago and just how that how that would sort of turn out um, would probably isn't wrong right very much in terms of you're you're satiating a, a specific fan base in terms of you're going after Polish fans and trying to bring them in. Chicago's known for Pol- for for Polish fans. You bring the Polish fans in for Lewandowski. It makes sense. He would be beloved in a city like. Remember Chicago. when John Candy played in Polka Kings of the Midwest? I do. I remember. How- yeah, well, that's why Bastian Schweinsteiger went to Chicago. Not the Polish community, this German community. But if you are making a contract similar to Messi's, where you're going to get paid on on shirt sales and all that. If you're Lewandowski, it makes a lot more sense if the money is close to go to Chicago over L.A. because you're going to be a national hero or right. a local hero, whatever. Well, yeah, local hero for sure. You're uh, not going to sell. You're not going to sell a lot of shirts to polls in Los Angeles, but you will. And yeah, but then you you, you you can feed a different sort of. You could feed the soccer loving community of Los Angeles. Everybody knows who who Robert Lewandowski is, right? So that's an easy one to like. You can you can bridge that gap real easy for you there, Kev. And I bet you but, would have more Pol- Polish people here in Los Angeles than you think. Maybe even more yeah, than well, Chicago. But by, by the way, I just will say since we're on the topic, he's a great guy. I had a chance to talk to him quite a bit through some Bayern Munich connections. A great guy, really super involved in doing charitable things, but doesn't want to ever talk about it because he just does it because it's the right thing to do. <sighs> All right. I think we're good. Um, that's sort of where we sit. Uh, no show on Thursday, uh, possibly a show next Monday. Again, we'll sort of see how the news filters down. This is slow. We are expecting LA Galaxy to announce roster decisions eventually some point here. Some teams have already announced roster decisions, so we're waiting for those. Um, that I don't think that's going to be a surprise. With our list, we kind of know where it is, but they're going to tell you who they've exercised options on. They'll tell you who they're still in negotiations with, so it will be some information, and so when that drops, I think we'll try to have a show as well. So no show coming up on Thursday, just this one on Monday. Anything else, Kevin, that you have? or uh, Well, or be maybe not Monday. If we have to go to the airport to meet Lewandowski, we might not that, have a show. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. Uh, head on over to latimes.com for all of his soccer writing. Please do that. Follow at kbaxter11latimes.com. If you're looking for me on Twitter, at jgesman, at galaxypodcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Still doing some remodeling on that, but it'll be back up here shortly. And of course, head on over to uh, all of our Instagram and then Spotify. Everything's at corner of the galaxy or galaxy podcast all right so that's it good little you know postseason sort of wrap up talking about some of the rumors glad we could have everybody here glad Ke- got kevin back on the show as well we will uh, rock and roll and see you here very soon so mr for mr kevin baxter i'm josh guessman you've been listening you've been watching to corner of the galaxy from the box on corner of the galaxy.com have a great one everybody you've been listening to the corner of the galaxy podcast on corner of the galaxy.com You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.